Beyond Lumina, Episode 4, The Escape. The commander of the Scion came to his senses once more and looked around. Poisoned again, he thought. He was in a different room now, bound to a chair, but he was alone for the time being. It wasn't the first time his captors had him in this room. He was brought here twice already and interrogated. He could only wish that the others were in the same predicament, but he didn't have much real hope for that, judging by what their interrogators wanted. After he was taken back to their prison the last time, the helmsman and the chief engineer were not there, and they never returned. The thought that he may have no crew left crossed his mind for the first time. Then the door opened, and two of his captors entered the room. Awake again. Good, one of them said. We need you awake. I already told you I have no idea where he is, the commander asserted. I haven't seen him in cycles. What more do you want me to say? Why are you doing this, and where are the others? We are done asking questions, the same man replied, and we are not going to be answering any of yours. It is time for you to be going now. Another man then entered the room, wheeling a large machine along with him. Already dismayed, the commander knew exactly what it meant. No, please, why are you doing this? Because you can get us the information we need, the man answered, whether you know it or not. The commander was then hooked up to the machine, and it was turned on. After a couple of seconds of charging, it began emitting a low-pitched pulsing noise. The commander's mind began to darken, then go blank. Just before he lost consciousness again, he could hear the whir of a drill-like machine. Reese, get up. The icy voice of Master Sergeant Maloon came from the other side of Bala's door, after a knock had roused her from her sleep. The commander wants to see you, now. Right, Bala said sleepily. I'm on my way. Maloon had already left. Bala's night had not been very restful after the stress of the last rotation. She had her home and her family on her mind, and the past. She even dreamt of her home as though it was ravaged like Ravina, much like it may have been during the Civil War. I'm so ready to get off this planet, she thought. With a sigh, Bala got up, donned her officer's uniform, and departed for Sergeant Major Ravam's office. Her commander looked to be studying something intently on his desk when Bala arrived. She knocked lightly on the wall. Commander, you sent for me? He looked up from whatever had his attention. Ah, uh, yes, come in, Sergeant, he said. Bala did as he asked and took a seat across from him. I have a special assignment for you. We will be heading back out to local space soon, but I need you to take your fighter and follow this trajectory. Ravim sent the data to Bala. I will update you with a precise location later. For now, just head in that direction. You'll hear from me soon, once I know more. I need the rest of your team here with me, so you'll have to do this alone, but I trust you can accomplish the task. Yes, sir, Bala responded, then asked, what am I looking for out there? I will update you on that later as well, when everything is clear, Robin answered, 
I believe though that there's another traitor. There's no immediate danger, which is why I am comfortable sending you alone, but be cautious nevertheless. Yes, Commander. I will leave immediately, Wallace said with a salute, then turned and left Robham's office. She headed for the barracks and found her subordinate, Corporal Tice, who helped her locate the other two members, Kizawap and Yuxkothlo. Together they made up the blue fighter team aboard the triptych. Master Sergeant Maloon, the security chief, and her team made up the other half of the fighter squad, the gold team. Bala told her team what her orders were, and that they would be getting orders from Master Sergeant Maloon for the time being, then told them farewell and left for her ship. Taking a fighter alone into deep space meant that she would have to planet hop, stopping multiple times and ensuring she had the fuel to make it to another civilized planet. It was a more tedious way of travel, but a common one. Bala quickly made her way to the hangar where the triptych was docked, prepared her fighter, and took off into orbit, then headed in the direction that Robin had given her. Azik and the mercenaries watched the asteroid outpost fade from view as they quickly made their escape aboard the Royal Ascendancy battleship. The mood was a solemn one, however, as they passed the wreckage of the runner floating nearby as they retreated, no doubt with Hawk among it. Because they had lost one of their crew, Zario took the helm. Usian had gone to clear the rest of the ship, making sure there were no ascendancy aboard with them. So any ideas where we can go? Zario eventually asked Azik. We didn't really plan to become outlaws with you, but here we are. You're telling me you have no planet you operate from? There aren't any more of you? Azik asked. No, it's just us, Zario answered. And no, we don't have any secret base or anything. We're just a small band of mercenaries. We had a ship, but there's no way we can get that back now. It's in Animov. No wonder we didn't bring any extra crew members with us to the outpost, Azik thought. There weren't any more. Alright, well, the first thing we need to do is get rid of this ship, Azik replied. They are probably already tracking us. Fallon, what civilized planets are we heading toward right now that aren't with the Ascendancy or the Federation? The only one currently near us is an independent world, Ob, Fallon answered. Independent worlds were those that were not aligned with one of the three major powers, and thus each governed itself fully. There were only about a handful of them, and they were less developed than those worlds that were part of a major power, since they relied mostly on their own techniques and technology, and had less means for trading on the larger space market. Yet they were still part of the economy of Lumina, and advanced enough that it was legal in the Alliance to land on one of them. The worlds that had yet to reach the space age were illegal to make contact with. That task was left to those with more authority. That's our luck, Azik said. Not the time of the cycle to get stranded from Ravina. But we'll at least be able to find something else there that flies, though I hate sticking them with this ascendancy ship. No doubt they'll have mirrors all over them if we do. The mirrors were the first race to reach the advanced space age and travel to other planets and they were the leaders of the Royal Ascendancy. But the term as Azik had used it referred more to the Ascendancy as a whole rather than the specific race. We don't have any choice, Zario responded. 
If we don't, they'll be on us instead. Isaac agreed. You're right. Let's make for Ob, then. But I think we should bring the Ascendancy ship back out to deep space and leave it stranded once we have another one. It might keep the Ascendancy off of Ob. Just then, they heard multiple blasts coming from the ship, then looked out the viewport to see several escape pods ejecting into space. Moments later, Usian returned. Well, we're alone now, he confirmed. Should we let them go? Mecca asked. Yes, Azik replied. They don't know what we're doing, no more than the rest of the Ascendancy at this point. No doubt those aboard this battleship already contacted others when they lost us at the outpost. We can't even go back to look for Hawk, Villani said sorrowfully. The asteroid field will be crawling with Ascendancy soon. Let's take things one step at a time, Azik said. We can reassess our situation once we find another ship. As the crew flew through deep space toward the independent planet of Ob, Azik once again had a moment to think of his own real crew in the Alliance. He still had not heard from anyone, which was even concerning at this point for Kaiken, but nearly unthinkable when it came to his captain. There was never a time that he wasn't reachable, Azik thought. He once more tried to contact him, to let him know that there was some trouble. But he didn't go into much detail. He didn't really have much detail to give anyway. He tried again to recall the last time he heard from the captain, but it was still no use. Nothing would come to mind about what he was doing the rotations before going to Ravina. At first, he thought the fuzzy memory may have been due to the headaches, but now he wasn't sure if the answer was so simple, and he feared what might really be happening. Ravim, Maloon, and her team made their way to the triptych. They already had orders to investigate the nearby asteroid field, where there were reports of some hostile activity. The signs of a violent struggle were obvious as soon as they arrived. They could see the wreck of an Alliance cruiser, as well as a few bodies of Ascendancy soldiers that had drifted out of a breach in an outpost embedded in one of the asteroids. Take the fighters over there, Maloon, Robin said. Look for survivors, and bring any you find back here. And tell me if you find any of our people in there. Maloon led her and Vala's fighter teams toward the asteroid outpost and instructed them to split up and search the nearby field, while one fighter searched among the wreckage of the runner. She and her second-in-command went to search the outpost itself. They docked their fighters on either side of the breach, then entered the outpost. All they saw were the lifeless bodies of all the Ascendancy soldiers that had been exposed to the void of space when the breach had opened. Searching all the rooms throughout the outpost, Maloon saw no signs of the Alliance being there, but there were obvious signs of a fight taking place within. Having no luck, the two returned to their fighters, rendezvoused with the rest of the team, and made their way back to the triptych. As they navigated back through the asteroids, Maloon noticed something in the distance. Several things, in fact. Corporal, do you see that? she asked. Aye, Commander, her subordinate confirmed. Maloon contacted Ravim back on the carrier. Sir, it looks like something is approaching our location. Are you scanning anything incoming? Ravim, who had been observing everything from the bridge of the triptych, responded. Yes, Sergeant. Just appeared now. Looks like escape pods. Azik and the mercenaries had entered Ob's local space, 
and would soon make their way into the atmosphere. No directions from on world, Fillini said, but I guess we shouldn't expect much else from such an uncivilized place. Just look for one of the bigger cities, Hazek instructed Zario. They'll have places to dock. They entered the atmosphere of Ob, a very green and wet planet, and also rather large compared to most others in Lumina's system. Some of the flora was massive, big enough that cities were built on and in some of it. Sure enough, when they came upon one of the larger cities, one of several capitals of the world based on the information Isaac had about it, they found an unused docking bay and put the Ascendancy ship down. They all breathed a sigh of relief, thinking they had safely escaped. But just after they landed, a large group of what they could only assume were soldiers emerged from a nearby building. Leading them, however, was not a soldier, perhaps a diplomat or political leader, Azik thought. Easy, Azik said. There shouldn't be any reason to start a fight. Once the ship was docked, they cautiously unboarded, with Azik leading the group. They didn't get far before the one leading the soldiers spoke. That's far enough, he shouted in a quivering voice. We don't want any trouble here, but we don't have any business with other worlds. You must leave at once. Please, Azik implored him, let me explain. We aren't from the Royal Ascendancy. Yes, I can tell by your uniform, the man replied. We may be less developed here than you, but I am no fool. I know a Free World Alliance officer when I see one. Real nice, Rosario muttered to Azik. We don't mean any harm, Azik said. We just need a ship, then we will take it in this one and leave you alone. And what do I tell the Ascendancy when they ask me why I helped someone who hijacked one of their ships? The man asked. Commandeered, Zario clarified for him. Please, Azik tried again. There's no need for the Ascendancy to know you helped us. Just let us purchase a ship and we will be on our way. No one will know. You really do think I'm a fool, the man scowled. I know quite well that all of you major powers have your eyes and ears in every corner of this system. The Ascendancy probably already knows you're here and is coming for you. This guy is nuts, Zarya said. I don't think we're going to get anywhere with him. Can we just go somewhere else on this planet and try to steal a ship? No, just wait, Asik answered. This guy is right about one thing, though, he thought. The Ascendancy is probably on their way here for us. Then if you won't help us, Asik addressed the Obian man again. Then we'll be forced to take a ship. And I know that you don't have the means to stop us, especially while we have this battleship. And I suppose you won't be calling the Ascendancy for help, since you don't seem to want anything to do with any major power. So either let us take a ship, or this will get messy. Azik didn't like to stoop to such intimidation tactics, but this man was an easy read, and he knew it would be enough to get a ship without any conflict. Okay, okay, fine, the man said, as Azik predicted. Please, just take one and go, quickly. When they come, I am going to tell them that this was forced. That's fine, Azik replied, relieved. Just take us to a ship and we will be out of here. The man, who was the governor of the region, took them inside the spaceport, where there were only a few ships. There aren't many to choose from, he said. It's not like we have the funds and materials to throw around like you people. I would offer you something else, Azik said but all I can give you are Alliance notes. I'm not sure how useful that is to you here. Well, the governor started, 
it's better than nothing, I suppose, for all this trouble. Azik gladly paid him a good sum of notes, alliance credit, much more than the hunk of junk was worth, and the crew was able to depart without wasting too much time, since the governor wanted them gone just as quickly. Valanth, Villainy, and Usian took the Ascendancy battleship, while Azik and the others took the new ship back out to space. They headed toward deep space once more, where they would dump the battleship. Okay, so what now? Zario asked while they were leaving orbit. Do we just wander aimlessly, trying to avoid the Ascendancy? I don't know what you plan on doing, Azik replied, but I have other duties I need to see to, not to mention I'm still trying to find my family. Yeah, the only information I can give you about that, Zario said, is that I wasn't lying when I said they thought your brother was alive somewhere. That's really all I know that would help you. That, and that the Ascendancy has spies on Ravina, and even in the Alliance, just like that crazy dude said. And unfortunately, many of your people were really taken by the Ascendancy. What about Hawk? Micah asked. We aren't even going to look for his body? They're going to be watching that place for at least a few rotations, Azik said. Even if you found him, there's hardly any chance you would make it out anyway. Now that we have a ship, we should go to a free world. I need to check on some things, and I could probably use their help in finding some more information on my family and the other people of Ravina. They might even have a search effort in place already. Once we get there, you can take this ship and go wherever you want with it. I can get an Alliance ship. Valanth, who was seated at the navigation terminal, said, It looks like Satama is our best bet right now. Good, Azik answered. That will be perfect. If anyone's looking for us, we should blend in, and I should be able to find information and help there if I'm going to find it anywhere. Satama was one of the largest worlds of the Free World Alliance, both in size and population. It was also known as a planet of luxury and entertainment, a planet that never slept. It was, in fact, Kaiken, his subordinate's homeworld. It was a feat to be noticed on Sotama, so Azik thought they should be safe. Just as they approached deep space, Villainy's voice came over the comms. Hey, Commander, he asked. What's up, Zario replied. I was combing through the data on the ship before we destroyed it, Villainy started, and I found something that looked like it was important to the Ascendancy. It seems like some kind of code, but I can't find any decryption anywhere. I'm going to send it over, so get ready to receive it. After a bit of a wait, the Obian ship received the data transmission, and Azik checked it out. It was audible data, and as soon as Azik started to listen, it was unmistakable to him. That's a Ravinian code, he said in astonishment. Bala made her way through deep space in her small Alliance fighter. It is much different, she thought, flying through deep space alone than with the crew. There was a silence and emptiness about it that seemed unending in the vast darkness of the universe. It offered a lot of time for thinking. She thought back to Ravina and the rest of the squad who had probably gone back to local space by now. Then she thought about Azik, whom she had only met briefly but also someone whom she had been asked to watch. She didn't really know why, only an inkling that it had to do with everything happening on Ravina, and she also didn't know much about him either. From the time I spent with him, she thought, he seems like a good person. He was loyal, he only wanted to find his family. Nothing about it seemed made up. But she trusted her commander, as well as those he served under. 
and they must trust me, she thought again, if they would give me this mission. She was still mostly in the dark about what that mission was, but she knew that Ravim would not put her at risk, and she trusted she would know more in time. Just then, the Sergeant Major's voice came over her comms. Come in, Bala. Yes, Commander, she responded. I have a location for you, he said. Head toward the independent planet of Ob. We have confirmed reports from earlier this rotation that the head of the Council of Tan was assassinated late last rotation in his private residence in Tantia. The rest of his family is safe and under protection, but too many questions are left unanswered. Is this the work of the Royal Ascendancy or of the Free World Alliance, which has been growing in aggression toward the Tansorian Federation? Is this the beginning of war with all that is currently happening around Lumina? In other related news, there has still been no update on the whereabouts of their Prime Minister of Sor, who was thought to be taken hostage by a foreign power several rotations ago. Both the Ascendancy and the Alliance, however, deny these allegations. We will continue to keep you updated on both of these stories as they unfold, live, here on the Federation News Network.